What's up, guys? I'm back with the seventh episode of Resurgence of My Radical Thoughts podcast. Uh, I apologize if my voice sounds a little funky because I like woke up an hour ago-ish and I just feel really groggy today. But the important part is I'm back. The podcast is back. I'm super stoked because it's been, what, like two months since I've done this and I know that I keep talking about consistency, and I'm not even going to talk about that anymore because I don't even know where, what direction this podcast is taking at all. So I'm not going to make any promises anymore. Instead, I'm just going to make episodes here and there and everywhere, and that's how it's going to go. So welcome back to those who are back listening to this. Thank you for sticking with me and my inconsistencies. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate the love and the encouragement that people gave me uh, in the two-month gap asking me if I'm going to make another episode. So I do really appreciate that. I guess to start, I'll just start off on an update on my life. Two months ago till now, things have changed pretty drastically. Um, In my last episode, I was single. I was living at my best friend's, one of my best friend's house. I was house-sitting for him. And a bunch of other junk. I was healthy. Um, But now I am married. I'm living in an apartment of my own with my dearest and beautiful wife, Ezra. And we now live in Sartell, so I'm a rich boy now. And I'm, like, sick of, of something. Hypokalemia is what the doctors said that I have, which is low potassium, like really low potassium. Um, So I've been like sick for the last two weeks. I'm much better now. That's not why my voice sounds funky, but that's, that's what's been going on. I went on a honeymoon, went to South Dakota. That was pretty, that was pretty Um, (laughs) stoked. That was pretty stoked words, Trenton, get, get together with your words. (laughs) That was pretty fun. Uh, It was an amazing vacation with my newlywed um, Ezra. It was just nice to get away. We had tons of fun. Uh, it's been a while since I've laughed that hard and since I've been that relaxed, so it was really good. Uh, work is... Then we went to work after that, and that, that really sucked. It's been a really, really tough month of work, but it's getting better. Life is getting better. God is still good. I'm still here. That's important. <laughs> so that's a quick update on my life. Um, what I really wanted to make this episode about is I actually wanted to do this for weeks now, and I think it's dying down, which sucks because I seem to always get to it at the end. I want to talk about Trump again. <laughs> and I want to talk about this whole th- phone call with the Ukrainian president. Um, I took to Instagram and Facebook, and I had a poll on whether or not I thought people should be, or people think that he should be impeached for his actions with Ukraine, and uh, it was interesting. I I was actually very pleased in the amount of responses that I got, and the kind of response that I got. No one was out to attack me or anything. I wasn't even out to attack anyone else. Uh, people, I think, would be pretty surprised on where I stand. People knowing that I've been a Trump supporter ever since the election season, 2016. And so trigger warning to any liberals that are listening to this. Uh, I have been a Trump supporter for three years. 
I don't know if I want to dive into all this drama with with Trump and Ukrainian phone call. I guess I'll go a little bit into it, just in case there's any of you who have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. Back in July, Trump had a phone call with the Ukrainian president, and they talked, and it seemed pretty normal and everything. And um, <clears throat> little side note on top of that, uh, Trump was supposed to give aid to Ukraine, and he pulled the aid, and no one knew why. At least that's what everyone claims. No one knew why uh, president didn't give a reason as to why he was pulling the aid. Um, and then he had this phone call with the Ukrainian president, which I'm assuming was about the aid, um, that we were supposed to give to Ukraine. And the talk went, I guess, a little bit into the election season. And there's so many, there's so many different parts and pieces of this whole story. It's really hard to keep it all together. So I apologize if this sounds really confusing. Joe Biden, his son, Hunter, I believe his his name is Hunter Biden, uh, has a business in Ukraine, and there's been some some meddling going on there. And I don't know, stupid business stuff that I really could care less about. But Trump didn't like it, and he told the Ukrainian president about this and told him to research it and to use his attorneys, and Trump offered his attorneys, Anthony Barr and all of them. Um, and this could easily be seen, and it easily was seen as uh, tampering with the election. Um if especially giving our attorneys to another another country to to research uh an opponent in the election and and to investigate them uh and if anything was found to pretty much destroy their their election running um it it looks bad looks bad for for the president and so all of this all of this stuff week weeks months later we have a whistleblower who came out and gave second hand information i should uh, put an emphasis on that second hand information on everything that happened in the white house and with that phone call the phone call was supposed to go through one electronic security system and it went through another one one that like nobody sees one of like security like i don't know the really important stuff and according to people in the white house like it wasn't uh it wasn't authorized to go through that electronic system uh that that security it it should have just gone the normal way that it goes um i'm really not trying to go into detail right now because there's a lot of it and i promise i know what i'm talking about i just want to pick up the pace here um and uh, there's just so much stuff. The director of of national intelligence, he and he knew about it, and before he ever went to Congress about it, he went to people in the White House about it, and pretty much called it executive privilege. Uh, the president has a privilege that he does not to have these phone calls. I didn't want to meddle with it. That's a little suspicious, I think. Um, and I actually agreed with Congress. Why would you go to this? Ass- to the suspect to ask what you should do about the investigation uh, when you should be going to another branch in the in our government. That's what checks and balances are for. Um, I, I believe that he thought that what he was doing was right, and um, his name is... I can't remember his name. I'm looking it up right now. It's McGuire. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember his first name. Looking it up. 
and I can't find it. So we're not going to do it. But I know his last name is McGuire, and he's the director of national intelligence. And he's only been the director for like, I don't know, probably eight or nine weeks now. And so he's he's fairly new to this, so I can see, you know, why what he thought he was doing was correct. Um, but it wasn't correct. He should have gone to Congress uh, with this information. Um, and there's been a, an impeachment inquiry against President Trump. Uh, Nancy Pelosi started it along with um, the chairman of Congress, Schiff, uh, Schiff. And it's just been a mess. It's been a mess of stuff. And obviously, conservatives and liberals have been torn between this, and they definitely are not on the same side. Um, and this is this is what I wanted to talk about. I, I guess I wanted to talk about my opinion on it. I believe out of all the information that I've heard I've, I've watched uh, the some of the hearings with Congress I've been keeping up with it in the news I've actually been keeping up with it with Fox News which is important for you guys as listeners to know because I disagree with the conservatives I think this is an impeachable offense and I don't think President Trump if this is true and if they can gather enough evidence I think he should be impeached for his actions. And it feels weird saying that because like I just previously said, I've been a Trump supporter since 2016 and now I cannot support our president. I don't, I've seen all of the stuff uh, that conservatives that I follow on Instagram that have just thousands of followers, you know, talking about, well, Obama did this and that was impeachable. And well, you know, Obama did this and that was impeachable. And, and I've seen commercials. Look at all these things that President Trump has done for the, the country. You really want to impeach him after all this good stuff that he's done? And my personal response to that is none of that matters. Did Obama do things that were impeachable? I honestly don't know because I wasn't keeping up with politics uh, during the Trump or during the Obama administration. Uh, from 2008 till 2016, I was 8 years old to 16 years old. So <laughs> really didn't have a grasp on politics. So I don't know that's uh, what happened there. And I guess I could do my research, just choose not to on, in on that administration. But my, my argument against that is that doesn't matter anymore because I was the past. This is now. Maybe Maybe Obama did some things that were should have been impeached and, and he should have been removed from office because of the actions and decisions that he's made. But maybe we, we learn from those actions and we, we think, wow, the previous president really got away with all this stuff and he should have been impeached for it. We don't want that to happen again to another president. We want to keep him accountable. And if they break the law, then they need to be impeached. And so here we are with Trump. And uh, honestly, during the Obama administration, the Republicans were too weak <laughs> to impeach him. They too too afraid. I mean, I'm sure they would have had their chances, and I've even seen talks of that now in the Trump administration. The Republicans in Congress and in the House are too weak and too quiet, and they don't speak up, and they let the Democrats run run the things. That's just how it's going right now. So we we can't we can't be comparing person to person, when we see something that has been done and it has been done illegally and it is wrong and it is against the law, it needs to be disciplined, it needs to be taken care of so that future presidents don't think that this is an okay thing. And frankly, Trump made a, made a mistake. He made a huge mistake. 
he should have never said these things with um, the president of Ukraine. Never should have even mentioned it. Because I, I don't really even think it's his business that much. That's between the Ukrainian government and the Bidens. Trump should not be a part of that. So it is, you know, you are trying to sabotage your opponent in the election. Because why hasn't this been brought up? at any other moment before Joe Biden ran. You're telling me that Trump just now found out about this information? So I think he should be impeached if they have enough evidence. I don't think a whistleblower is enough evidence. Uh, I think people are giving this whistleblower way too much credibility because it is secondhand information. It's, I've, I've read the, the, whatever, the letter, whatever the whistleblower wrote, I read it. And I read all nine pages, and it was all, and then he said this, and then she said this, and I found out this, and and it's like, so no firsthand information here. We need firsthand information. People from in within the White House that overheard the phone call, were either in the room or were listening to it, need to step up and talk about these things. And another reason why I think that Trump... Is in, is in trouble, and I think that he should be impeached, is because people that he hired are against him. They are investigating him. And these are people that he has promoted and he has put into offices, and they're, they're researching their own boss. And I think that takes some guts and some courage to do that, especially when your boss is the president of the United States of America. So I, I, don't, I don't agree with conservatives. So this then moves into the next thing I wanted to talk about is my newfound discovery of the intolerance of both sides. And when I say both sides, I mean conservatives and liberals. I've never been with the liberal movement. Um, there's some liberal things that I can get behind to a certain extent, um, but usually those things end after after the the conservatism has been completely removed from those ideologies or movements. And so I've never been a liberal. I can't remember a single moment in my life where I've been a liberal. Um, and now I am cautious to name myself a conservative because I am now seeing that conservative is no longer a set of beliefs, nor liberal. They're no longer a set of beliefs or anything like that. They are their parties are, or groups that cannot get along, will never get along because they don't want to get along. And I've just been seeing it in, in our social media. These conservatives are so willing to, to back up their president. And for once, I actually agree with the Democrats. I should say for once in the three or four or five, whatever, however many years that I've been interested in politics and have been dabbling in it, um, I agree with them. I back them up with 100% in this topic. I think that they should go into a full, another full investigation. And people, I've heard people say the, the Trump or the, the Trump Russian collusion, you know, it's a witch hunt. It's, they wasted all these years and all this money on an investigation and they came up with nothing. And my response is, yeah, you're right. They did come up with nothing and they made themselves to look like fools and they lost a lot of trust of the American people. That's on them. They shot themselves in the foot. 
Now, if they want to do another investigation, if, if, if they're investigating Trump because they're making all of this up and they're like, well, the Russian collusion didn't work. Let's try it with Ukraine now. Then they didn't learn their lesson and they're going to make a fool out of themselves again. I don't think that that's the case, but if they want to investigate, let them investigate. The fact that Trump doesn't want an investigation is suspicious. It let them investigate. If you really, truly have nothing to hide, let them investigate. Just let them see if they can find anything. But the reason why I don't think he wants them to investigate is because he really does have something to hide. I mean, yes, he, he released the phone call, but everybody knows what they were talking about in, 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 in the phone call. Like, it's, it's nothing hidden. And I think... I, I think the Democrats have, are on to, on to something here, unfortunately, because I do I do agree with conservatives that Trump has done many many good things for our country, economically, socially. I'm not sure he's done <laughs> the best because people still hate his guts and they hate his guts because they they claim that he's a racist and a sexist and all these things. Although I disagree with these things, I do think that he has a a foul mouth. And I think he takes to Twitter too much. I think he should stop doing that. But what he has done as a president for our country have been really good things. But I, I, conservatives are just so willing to, to back him up. And it's just because, I mean, yeah, Democrats did it to themselves. They've lost the trust of many people. But we, we need to be critical thinkers here. <laughs> I've seen so many people like, we... We support you, Trump. You're the best. You're the best president of America. No matter what the Democrats say, we support you. And and that's scary because people aren't thinking critically. Our country is so split now that it is it is no longer a war against the sin and the the enemies of the American people and the American economy and our ideas, it is now a war against each other. It is conservative versus liberal. It's trying to prove each other wrong. And you're willing to back somebody up who broke the law just to not agree with the other side. It's, it's ridiculous. I guess the best analogy that I can come up with would be like if my best friend were to murder somebody and I've already known that these many people, like my my, my friend is not a well-liked person. Everyone hates his guts. And I've, I've been on his side for years and years and years and I've never hated his guts and I've supported the things. I've, I've always thought that he's always had a good heart and everything that he's done, he's done out of what he thought was the goodness of his heart, but everyone else in the community hates him. And then my friend murders somebody. I can't just keep standing with him. I, yeah, he's my friend, and yeah, I think he's done a lot of good for the community and, and, and for my family or, or whatever in this little drawn-out analogy. Um, but because he murdered somebody, he broke the law, and I can no longer stand with him. I have to stand with the people who hate his guts because you broke the law. And that's kind of what's going on here. Every, all these conservatives think that Trump, you know, he's been doing these things for, for the good of America. He, he loves America. He wants, he wants to see what the best happen in America. 
and he wants he wants us to thrive. And so he's he's made some decisions. And the way that he's gone about those decisions maybe haven't been professional or very political, but he did it because he cares for America. And everyone, supposedly, the media at least, and many people that I know, hate his guts for it and and for his attitude. And now, and now he's broken the law, and I can't keep standing with him because cause he did all of these previous good th- things. You do a bad thing, you get punished for the bad thing, and that's that's what's happening here. Okay, I'm done talking about Trump. It's gross. <laughs> I feel like it. I don't know. You get nowhere when you talk about this kind of stuff. All right, let's transition into something else, something a little bit more fun and not boring. I'm boring myself right now. <laughs> this is this is this is a blast. Um. I thought that it'd be it'd be cool and it'd be interesting if if I at the end of each of my podcast episodes just were to talk about things that Jesus has done in my life or, or ways that I've seen God uh, act in, in in my life and what He's done for me. So this is going to be the first, I guess, little segment within my whole whole podcast, and um, I don't know if I'm going to call it anything, but I'm just going to talk about things that. I've seen God do in my life just to give some encouragement and to, to keep this podcast a Christian podcast. Cause I don't want to just talk about politics. I want people to be encouraged when they walk away from this. I don't want people to walk away mad or upset or stressed about our government. I want them to walk away with something that gives them a little bit of hope for the day, a little bit of peace, uh, lets people know that they're, they're not alone. So it's been a really rough couple of weeks. I'm going to get a little personal here. Um, I've been, I guess, struggling with just keeping up in the Bible and prayer, really, and, and faith. Faith has been, I think, a huge thing. And it's just in, in these everyday instances. And, and I've been reading through reading through John. I've actually been reading through it for ever since, I don't even know, the beginning of September or... I've been, I've been reading through it, and it, it's been really, really good. I don't know why I haven't gone through John much earlier. I mean, I've read it before, but I've, I've never studied it. And I'm studying it now, and there's so many good things about who Jesus is. And the reason why I'm studying it is because a close friend of mine, Moses, he wanted to get us, some of us together to, to talk to some, some of his Muslim friends and just to have a conversation about Christianity and, and Islam. And... I've, you know, I've been pondering and, and brainstorming, you know, what, what, what type of things do I want to talk about? What do I want to know? What do I want to share? And it's impossible for me to sit down, have a conversation with somebody who's not a Christian and just take in information without sharing the gospel. It's impossible for me. And I know a lot of, I don't know, like a lot, a lot, but I know a lot about the Muslim faith and I know enough to know that they don't, some of the biggest differences between Islam and Christianity is the the Trinity and all that stuff. And so I've been I've been reading through John and just studying it and like just seeing the power of Jesus and seeing the Trinity so clearly being spoken about, clearly being revealed and the scene in the book of John and and so that's why I've been going through it. And it slowly transitioned from this Bible study that I've been doing on my own to talk to Muslims, so just for my own personal uh, knowledge of who Jesus is and who he is to me. And I've just been reading on, 
I don't know. It, it's so hard to explain because when I when I finish my devotions, I kind of just sit back and I just take it all in. I the only thing that I can end up doing is praising God through prayer and through through song. That's that's how I worship. Um, and it's it's really it's it's awe inspiring. It's beautiful to to see some like the power of this this character and it's even more powerful when you know that this character in this book you're reading was truly doing these things and continues to do these things in our hearts today and it's been it's been really good um and it's been kind of parallel to what my pastor has been preaching on on how to be believers and i think jesus does that really well through the book of john on on letting us know who he is and what that means for us. And it's just been, it's just been really, really encouraging. I wish I could go into more detail, but like all I can say is like, it's been really encouraging to, to hear from, hear from God through all this. And it's shown up in, in my, in my life at at work and, and in my personal life, uh, trying to be a disciple and, and constantly thinking about, well, the, the cliche, what would, what would Jesus do? But would, instead of doing, you know, what would Jesus do? I think, what would the son of man do? What would the son of God do? What would Christ do in this situation? Not just some moral character when that's what people think of when they think of Jesus. But what do you think of when you think of the Christ or what do you think of when you think of the son of God or the son of man or rabbi and all of these names? I mean, if you, if you flip open your Bible to, to John chapter one, which I'm about to do right now, because this was really cool when I found this out. I'm going through a, a study book with John, and it had me flip to, oh, let's see here. Yeah, it was John chapter 1, and it was after he uh, approached John the Baptist and all of these disciples, and how many different names he gets called before he even starts his miracle working or his ministry. He gets called the Lamb of God, he gets called Rabbi, the Messiah. He gets called Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Uh, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote. Son of God, King of Israel, son of man. This is all in just the first chapter of John. And when I, when I discovered this, I was not in disbelief, but one, once again, uh, just brought to, to worship. <laughs> because it's like I I ended up praying. How do these people not know about you? How do people not know about you and not believe in you when in just a few encounters that people have had with you when you first started your ministry, they knew that you were the the son of man, the son of God, and that that had taken so much faith. You know, I get to I get to look at the before, the during, and the after of Jesus, and I get to have faith. But these people didn't see the after they they had to understand the before in order to know what was going on in the during <clears throat> in i don't it just i have such like a new respect for the disciples and their faith and it's really encouraging to to read their faith and to see their faith in jesus because how many times do they stumble how many times does peter you know deny christ and not know who he is before before he eventually creates the church. <laughs> like Jesus says that you, your new name is the rock, 
like upon upon this rock I will build my church and it's who who Peter is and I don't it's just, it's just been really good and that's how that's what Jesus has been working in my life just teaching me how to be a disciple and teaching me to to trust and have faith in him even though I fail on the daily and I sin against him on the daily he still loves me and he called me to be a disciple despite my imperfections and it's what he did to his 12 and it's what he continues to do today I hope that's encouraging to many of you. Another segment that I'm going to start adding to my podcasts is fun talk. It's time to have fun, you know, time to talk about fun things. Because politics aren't fun, and religion, I wouldn't say is fun. <laughs> it's more joyful, uh, and, and, it's, and it's hard, and you think a lot. But now we're going into the fun talk. It's October. It's spooky season, and this is the first year where I'm I'm going I'm all in baby I'm I'm all about that spook you know just spooking everywhere I've been doing weird things <laughs> around the apartment trying to scare Ezra and it's it's spooky season and and it's here <laughs> and I've been watching a lot of a lot of horror TV shows and so I'm going to do a quick review on them just cuz I want to in the month of October I have finished The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. I finished Marianne on Netflix. I finished The Mist, which is also on Netflix. There's a trend here. And I right now am watching Slasher, just three seasons. All of these other shows were only one season. I'm not a big eight, nine season guy. They've been pretty good. Oh, and I watched The Underworlds. I, I guess I guess that's Halloween. I guess that's spooky season. I'll start with The Haunting of Hill House. It's a really good show for those who haven't seen it. Season two is coming out in 2020, and the show is flawless. I kid you not. And I think what is so flawless about it is it doesn't, for me, it didn't scare me while I, while I was watching it. It scared me when I found myself in some of the situations that the characters found themselves in. It's scary when you think about it after you've watched the show. That's when it's scary. Uh, there's this one scene, I'm not going to try to spoil it for those who might want to go and watch it, but there's this one scene where they're in a car, and so when I drive, <laughs> not a fan of that. <laughs> and it, it it messes with you a little bit. Really good show, though. The characters are are really good. They're, they're really interesting. They're really different. Um, I will spoil this part. Each character represents each stage of grief, and... It's really cool, really well done show. Uh, props to the to the producers. In episode six, they actually have a 17 minute long one take with the camera, done flawlessly. Amazing, amazing, incredible camera work, incredible makeup, incredible. My alarm keeps going off. Um, incredible everything, dialogue, character development. It's really good. Um, then I watched Marianne right after, thinking that it was going to be something similar to what Haunting a Hill House was, and like the first two or three episodes was scary, and after that it just dropped. It was it was stupid. Um, for those who might want to go watch that show, which actually Stephen King himself gave that show high ratings, he really liked it, um, but I didn't. And my opinion obviously matters more than Stephen King's does, but he he didn't or he liked it. Uh, when I, when I went to go watch it, though, I actually went to watch it because Stephen King said it was really good and found out that it was in French with English subtitles. So 
it's really hard to watch. I'm okay with foreign films uh, and TV shows. I, I watch that stuff all the time with my dad and everything. But it's just really hard because when you have to sit down and you have to watch it. You can't, you can't sit on your phone or you can't be doing dishes or anything like that because you have to watch the subtitles in order to understand what's going on. That's probably the only downside to it. And it's probably what turned me off is because I couldn't just take in the horror of it. Instead, I had to read the subtitles, and that was really hard to do. Um, then the next one, The Mist. Don't watch it. Seriously, ever. Don't ever watch that show. It was terrible. You end up cheering for The Mist, and you hope you, you hope that every character dies. And I actually researched to see if there's going to be a season two, and like it was canceled. It, it was such a bad show. Thank goodness it was canceled. Um, I'm not even going to talk about that. And right now I'm watching Slasher, which the actors are really bad at acting, but the plot is pretty good. I mean, it's a slasher show, so it's, you know, you're, you're a, a different take on, on Halloween or, you know, Freddy Krueger, just those types of stuff. Um, it's about a small town serial killer who dresses up in this weird looking mask thing and goes around killing people. Um, the Seven Deadly Sins has something to do with it and stuff. There's another serial killer who is actually helping the main character. It's, it's, it's good. If you can get past the bad acting, it's, it's pretty good. So that's what I'm watching right now. And then tonight I'm going to go watch the, the Joker, which I've heard some mixed reviews on Uh, rotten tomatoes. It has a 69%. I try not to go to rotten tomatoes before I go to the movie, but I had to this time just because I've heard so much about it. And the audience score is 90%. So I usually go off the audience score because critics can either be too critical or not critical enough, and audience has that that good mix. So I'm really excited. I just talked to two friends who recently saw it, and they said it's really good, really messed up, but really good. And so I'm I'm really pumped to watch that. So that's my fun talk, and this has been my podcast Resurgence episode seven. I hope you guys enjoyed the the boredom that I walked myself through and, and the fun stuff at the end. I don't know when the next episode will be. I don't know what it's going to be about. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be political. It's going to be religious. It's going to be everything nice with added spice. Yep. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.